Good morning, everyone. <laughs> I'm very excited this morning to introduce my sister, Jessica. Many of you already know her and have supported her in her missions trips in the past. Uh, she's here to give a presentation on her recent trip to Nepal and her upcoming trip to France. Uh, I'm sure that all of those who know you, of you who know her, know that if um, Jessica has a super deep heart uh, for missions, and she also has a very deep love for the Lord. So those are the two things that come to mind when I think of Jessica, and I'm sure those of you who know her know those two things too. So with that, please welcome Jessica Venegas. All right, can you hear me? I can hear me. Ah, oh, so good to see y'all this morning. Um, first, I want to start with saying thank you. Y'all have really just welcomed me into this church and into this community. It's been so much fun to house hop from house to house during my time here. And I have learned some really cool things about y'all's community. And one of the most is that, like, y'all really do celebrate missions. And you don't just celebrate it overseas, but you celebrate it right where you are. And so without that further ado, I will start my presentation. So I went to Nepal in the fall through winter of 2021. It was a three-month mission trip that happened after a three-month um, training session in L.A., California. Our school was called the Wise School. Let me see. There we go. Um, the Wise School, and it stood for Worship, Intercession, Spiritual Warfare, and Evangelism. So for three months, we were trained on each of these subjects, which are some pretty powerful subjects. And then we went to Nepal, a team of the six of us, two leaders, and four students decided to go to Nepal because it was an optional trip. Um, we had about 22 students in the whole school. And this is my team. This is Angela, Laura, one of my leaders, Samea, one of my other leaders, me, Paulina, and Kristen. Now, I took this picture up here in the front. Um, I wonder if there's a little... What is it? little... Oh, there we go. Cool. So this is the first glimpse of my bag. And if you know from my previous presentations, I was so grateful to see my luggage arrive in Nepal. Because in my previous presentations, um, when I went to Brazil and Mexico, my luggage actually did not go with me. And so, yeah, this is the airport. It was a beautiful place and started getting really cold really fast. I'm going to jump to the next. So the, one of the first things we did when we got to Nepal was we first had to quarantine for 10 days, which was quite a, quite a trip. But it was really good because we got to pray and like intercede and kind of lay the ground spiritually for the work that we were going to do there. One of the places that we got to go was a Nepali youth group. It was really fun because we walked in and there were all these kids around our own age and they were all like, who are you? <laughs> and we're like, well, then we are missionaries, and we'll tell you what it means, but basically we're just brothers and sisters in Christ. And so it was really encouraging to be able to talk with them and pray with them. This girl in the front here, her name is Samaya, 
and she became and we became really good friends the lord gave me this prophetic prayer over her and um she started crying and after talking with her, um, we just bonded with a friendship, and then we got to um, actually keep in contact still today over Facebook Messenger. So that was really special. Um, we also went shopping in Kathmandu, and this kind of gives you a picture of how colorful Nepal was. Like, it was very busy. There were hundreds, thousands of people, uh, especially in the city of Kathmandu, but the colors were just beautiful. You had like every single, whoops, where are we? Every single one of the um, buses was decorated. This one says Road King. Um, <laughs> and so it was just such a beautiful place to, um, to just be able to like shop and look through. And it wasn't just the streets, it was the graffiti as well. And so um, I loved this one because it's of a girl and she has a paint um, can in her hand, but she's blindfolded and she's surrounded by darkness and yet there's beauty coming out of that. And so it's like a picture of what we were trying to bring into the spiritual darkness of Nepal. And then this one really spoke to us because part of the reason that we had been there, that we went there, was to um, help the ministries, the sex trafficking ministries, that were just started and needed some extra encouragement. And by God's grace, we got to do just that. Um, we also got to prayer walk around the temples. It was a really special opportunity because um, every temple uh, is devoted to a different God. This is the Buddha stupa um, here and here. And then over here are the temples of Debar Square. Now, there was a really cool story that happened in this square. Um, it really opened my eyes to the honor culture inside Nepal because the teenagers would come and they would gather around the different um, temples and just like sit and hang out in this area. Well, it was a perfect opportunity for us to go over and to start talking with them. Most of the time they did know English, so that was a huge blessing. And there was this one guy that we got to talk with, his name was Sandu. And he talked, and he was just sharing his fear of death. And that is actually a very common thing in Nepal for the like young adults to be afraid of dying. First, because there's so many ways to die, really, in Nepal, because it is not a developed country. But then even more than that, like there's a fear with all their gods that they're doing something wrong. And if they do something wrong, they're going to die. And so... We got to talk with him, and you know how in the Bible it says, like, King Agrippa said to Paul, you almost persuade me to become a Christian. It was just like that with Sandu. In fact, he said, if it weren't for my mother, then I would become a Christian. And that's where I saw the honor culture so clearly in his eyes, because he said, I don't want my mother to cry again. You see, he had been raised um, from a child in a very poor village outside of Kathmandu. His father died when he was five years old, and he was sent into the orphanage inside the city of Kathmandu. This is a very common thing that happens because um, a, a single mom cannot care for two children at a time. And so they send one into the orphanage because the orphanage will provide for the child's schooling, and even into college will give him an opportunity. Well, he said, I get to see my mom twice a year, and whenever I do get to see her, then I just don't want to leave. You can imagine, ever since he was five years old, not being able to see his parents, 
it was definitely something that was really heavy on his heart. But then when he started speaking, he's like, I want to be free from fear, but I don't want to dishonor her. And it reminded me of that part in the Bible, and I shared it with him, the part where it says, if you do not hate mother, father, child, then you are not worthy of me. And it really just made me think, like, what do we do? Like, here in the U.S., like, people make decisions, but not discipleship, because they don't know the true cost it takes to be a Christian. And um, that was something that really opened my eyes to see, wow, what, is it, what am I willing to give down, to lay down for the cause of Jesus? Um, this is kind of the food that we would have each morning. It's the same thing. Um, <laughs> dal bot is what it's called. Dal is like this lentil stew. Bot is, another, is the word for rice. And then we would take the rice from that evening and transfer it into rice pudding for the morning. So lots of rice. This is an example of a, of a festival that was going on the time that we were there. It's what's called the Festival of Lights and Colors. And the thing was, what they believed was that if they put food here, and they would make these elaborate, huge, this one was like almost the size of this, half the stage. It was gigantic. And they would take powder, colored powder, and they would create these designs. And in the center, they would put food. And the and the um, belief was that the God would come and he would eat the food, and then he would follow the footsteps into whatever establishment it was, and then he would bless the establishments. And so it was, it was a time of great prayer that we got to like pray over these establishments and even share with some of the owners that this God wants to bless them, but only if they obey him and follow him. And so, but they don't need to fear that someone's going to curse them and, um, because if they didn't respect their God, well, they got cursed. So we went to the mountain village of Joomla. This was after a few weeks in Nepal. We went to a little village called Joomla. And um, this is kind of like on the way there. It was raining the entire time. As you can tell, the, the clouds are very cloudy. Um, and it was pouring rain. And this is where our luggage was. So imagine... What happened when we arrived at our destination, which we didn't actually arrive at our destination for the first day and a half. And then when we did arrive, our clothes were soaked through. And it was like we had been like traveling in, these, in a suit of clothes, and now they were dirty and muddy, and you can imagine smelly. And then we get into our clean clothes, and they're soaked. And so we went to, <laughs> so it was quite an adventure. And then we stopped off at this, um, at this little house. But before we got there, it um, became one of my personal stories. So as we were traveling, we came to this point where there was um, a beautiful outlaying, but I was sick to my stomach because we were traveling inside a car that was really meant to carry like four people. And there were seven of us. And so you can imagine, you were either in the um, front where you could just like put your feet down and you had people right next to you, or you were in the back where you had to put your feet up, but you had a little space between you. Well, I got sick, car sick, because the roads were up and down and around and around and up the mountains. And I got out of the car and just like stared into the distance. 
And this is what I saw. And I was like, man, this is the most beautiful place to be sick. And it was. <laughs> and so, um, but it just showed me that, like, even in the hard times, like, when we put our eyes up toward the mountains, toward the Lord, like, toward his creation, it just displays his glory and that he's caring for us no matter what. Um, so here's where we stayed. You can tell, like, we have little beds here. And um, there's big holes in the wall. Well, we didn't exactly know what those holes were for until I woke up to one of my teammates screaming. And then I looked and I saw there was this huge spider, like gigantic. And it was just crawling out of the hole and toward us. And so we quickly got out of that room. <laughs> but it was, it was quite the adventure. This was where we stayed on our way to Joomla. We stayed one night here. One of the things we got to do, which was really fun, was we got to harvest the rice. And it was rice season in the place where we were at. And one of the things we had prayed for was the opportunity to serve the villagers in the village of Joomla. And God gave us this very opportunity. And we were just like, to harvest rice, you basically take a stalk of it and you smack it on the ground. The chaff comes off, the rice comes off, and it's fun and hard work. <laughs> but it was really cool to do it alongside the villagers. Um, one of the other things we got to do was fellowship inside the houses of the few Christians in the area and just encourage them and pray over them and worship over them in their house. And this was one of the houses that we were invited to. And what's really cool is like this is their heating system in the house. So this is their little stove. You feed it with wood and they would put all their food into it or on top of it. And so we were all dressed in our sweaters and our coats and stuff. Um, and then we would eat. Like, it was so good. And it was so sweet the way that they shared the little that they had with us. Another thing that we got to do, which was really God's grace, we got to put on a seminar in the church in the area, the, um, one of the only churches. And church leaders from two hours away would walk to come to the seminar. And it was a one-day seminar. We thought it was going to start at like 8 o'clock and it was end about 3 o'clock. Well, it kind of went on until like 10 o'clock at night. It was crazy. These people were hungry for the word. They were hungry for what we were sharing with them about identity, about intercession. Some of them had never heard the word intercession and didn't really even know what it meant and how it was different from actually just praying, but it was like interceding for someone else on behalf of someone else. And so that was a really special opportunity we got. Another time we were in a church, and it was actually this very church, that they called us up and they're like, play a song for us, and we're like, okay, and so we got up, and we started, like, playing a song. We had some very musical people on the team. Um, this is, wait, where are we? Here we go. This is um, Samaya. She was a great guitar player. So was Laura. These are our two leaders, and you can tell, like, what we're wearing um, is the traditional dress. That's what we wore all the time in Joomla. Um, or to respect their culture. And we had these, like, custom-made. It was a really cool experience. We went out, we, we bought the, the material, and then we came back to a tailor, and he actually made the clothes for us, and then we went over and we tried it on, and he fitted it, and it was a really cool experience. But um, 
But yes, it was, um, I, I really enjoyed it. I did not enjoy the big baggy pants, no. But I liked the leggings. Sometimes you could wear leggings underneath, so I was good with that. Big baggy pants, it was so cold that like the air would just come through and you're like, this is not helping a bit. <laughs> so after we came back from the city of Joomla, um, from the village of Joomla, then we got an opportunity to make one of their staples, and it's called Momo's. And it's basically like a little dumpling, as you can see, like um, right here. They're like little dumplings, and they're um, and they're covered and well, they're covered in oil, and you fry them. Well, this was our um, oven right here, on an open flame, and we had a pot, and so we'd put them in the pot, and um, and then this is actually a story, so of actually God's incredible goodness over our team and grace over us. So this, it doesn't look like much, but I promise you it is. And so, <laughs> so this, this is the leg of one of my friends, Paulina. Um, Paulina is right here. And Paulina was, uh, this is a 10-foot drop um, into what they called the mud poop pile. So they just put all the trash there and burned it. Well, she was standing on this ledge, and there was a hammock, and it was hung up to dry. There were two pillars, but they weren't attached to the pillars. It was attached to the clothesline. Well, she thought it was attached to the pillars. So she went to go lay in it, did a complete backflip, and fell down into the um, trash pile. Well, <laughs> first she didn't say anything. We're like, are you okay? And she's like, I think I'm okay. She was a mess. And, of course, Showers consisted of buckets of water just being poured on you, so that was fun. I helped her. And then, um, but she had um, twisted her ankle, and it was already starting to swell. And so as a team, we came around her, and we prayed over her foot, and we asked the Lord, because we were um, just ready the next day to go on a hike to another uh, part of the village where we were going to do another message and just share the gospel with another group of people. And we were like, we can't do this. Um, we can't take her with us if her foot is not healed. Well, we prayed over it. We anointed her. And then the next day, she woke up, and the swelling had gone down, and she was able to walk. And so it was an incredible miracle. Yes, the Lord was so gracious to us. So this is one of the hikes that we took. I love this picture here because... Um, Someone else took this picture while I was just worshiping in the mountains. And it was such a great place to worship because, like, I love the part in Psalms where it says, I lift up my eyes to the hills from where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And so it was in this place that we got to pray over the city of Joomla, that we got to pray over all these houses and the people that lived in them. And we asked for God's grace over their um, rice harvest, as you can see here. They have so many rice fields, and they were actually entering a time of a flood because there had been so much rain that the rice had become, like, soft, and they were no longer able to, like, sell it. And so they would, um, and it was really cool because the people that came to the church to hear our messages, they came on a day where they could have been out in the fields, and it was actually a sunny day, which was far and in between, but they came because they wanted to hear, and they wanted to grow, and they wanted to learn. And so that really touched my heart that they would do that for us um, at the cost of their own livelihood because they believed it was more important. 
Okay, so quarantine. If you do not know, I got, I got COVID in Nepal. And gladly, it was not in the village. It was when we came back into the city of Kathmandu. And we all got tested. And I came out negative. And then three days later, we were tested again, and I was positive, along with one other person on my team. And this is kind of a little glimpse of my two rooms that I stayed in during my COVID time. And it was actually a time where God really met me in those rooms. Like, this was the basement room, as they called it. So it was freezing, absolutely freezing, which I don't think is so good when you're sick, but you know. Um, <laughs> and so I slept up here, and, um, and I would just like bring all my clothes and stuff over here, but I met God in that room. Like, he spoke to me and shared with me new things about his heart for the city of Kathmandu and the village of Joomla. And I got visions that I was able to share with my team that encouraged them as they were still working and still going out into the um, villages and into the churches around the area, even while I was stuck in my room. And so that was... And so uh, then also in this room, which was the second room I stayed in, I really loved these windows. It was so good to see outside, even if I couldn't go out there. And, um, and so I would sit on my bed, and I found an old guitar in my room. And I was like, well, I have hours on my hands. And I had been wanting to learn the guitar beforehand, but had been way too busy. So I'm like, well... 10 days. Let's see what we can do. So I learned guitar while I was in the room, and it actually gave me opportunity to, like, worship God even in the um, place that I was at. And praise the Lord, I did not have many symptoms. Like, one of my teammates had symptoms, all symptoms in the book. Um, <laughs> poor thing. Lord bless her. Um, but me, I only had the symptom of, like, a cough and some congestion. So I was pretty much, like, able to like move around and stuff and um and then look out the window and watch my team go and come back and they had stories and it was like okay lord i know you want me here but it's hard and so yeah god was good even in the midst of all that this is one of the stories of a young um, older lady, a widow actually, who, um, Yadira, she came to know Jesus. Um, this was during the time when I was in quarantine and the rest of my team was out. And they were walking in the slums one day and they were just like worshiping, as you can see, like the guitar here and, um, and they had a drum with them as well. And as they were worshiping, then they gathered a crowd of people and as the people came, then um, they started sharing the gospel. They had a Nepali person, next um, translator right here, and she was able to like share the gospel. And she's like, if anyone wants to know any more, then come talk to us. Well, this lady, Adira, came up to us, came up to them, and she said, I, I am very sad. I just lost my husband and my son. Will, will Jesus take me? And we were like, yes. Yes, Jesus will take you. He will give you new life in him. And she said, I do not believe in any of my gods that I have believed in from the time I was little. I am ready to put my faith in Jesus. And so she did, praise the Lord, and we had a, um, a new life come to Christ. This was another really, really awesome story. So we were, um, we were on our way back from Joomla, and we were going to Kathmandu, and again, it was a very long trip, about 
two days worth. And so we had driven inside this bus, and we had gotten to the bus stop. Well, when we got to the bus stop, then they were all like, oh, well, your next bus is arriving in like 10 minutes. We're like, okay, cool. So we sit down. Well, 20 minutes later, the bus comes up, and we look at the bus. It was the dirtiest, like, spookiest bus you could ever imagine. And we're like, we paid for a nice bus, or at least a clean bus. And this is a very dirty bus. And so they were like, oh, okay, we, we let you try a different bus. Well, several bus people around, the way they get business, especially from tourists, is come toward them, take their luggage, and put it on their bus. Well, we really didn't want that because we didn't want our luggage dispersed into the different buses. And we all had like our hiking backpacks and everything. I was not about to lose mine again. And so we had them all, and so we put them all inside a pile, and we stood around them like guarding our luggage. It's the most interesting um, experience, let me tell you. And as we guarded our luggage, then these men started fighting amongst themselves. They started fighting over the fact that they wanted the American team on their bus. And we were all like, we're not going on any of y'all's buses. We're just staying right here. But, of course, they weren't listening. Well, it came to the point where there was actually, like, a fist fight going on. And we are like, Lord, what should we do? And he's like, just bring peace to the area. And so we took out our guitar, and we started to play. And as we played, then this peace descended upon the area. People stopped their fighting and just wandered away. And then more people started coming. And before we knew it, there was a crowd of like 30 to 40 people all around us. Then we did something that is totally um, illegal inside Nepal, and that is open-air preach, because we had one of the Nepali people with us, and she stood up, and she's like, I will preach. And so we're like, yes, you will preach, and we will pray. <laughs> and so we started, to, uh, and so she started to preach, and as she told, like, the gospel to the just crowd of people. Um, she was speaking with a loud voice, good protection. And we were just play, praying and playing in the background. It was so cool. Like you could see God touching the hearts of some of these people. And we had several come over and talk to the translator and, um, and ask more about who this Jesus was and how he could give them peace and bring them freedom from fear. And so it was a beautiful time of just, like, um, seeing God work inside a place where it was just a drop-off place. We were ready to get on our bus within, like, 30, 40, 40 minutes when the bus finally arrived. Um, but during that time, like, we were available, and then God works. And so that really taught me the lesson, like, if I'm available wherever I am, whether it's just waiting for something or it's in line at the grocery store, if I'm available for God to use me, he will. And he will use y'all as well. So to God be the glory, great things he has done. This couple here, um, Manise and Ellie, these were the two that came with us on our trip to Joomla because they have a really special calling from the Lord. And their calling is to start a prayer house in Joomla, in the, in the village of Joomla. And so we got to go actually to a garden, to a piece of property that was like over, kind of overlooking the mountains. And they said, this is the property we want to buy for the purpose of turning it into a house of prayer. 
And so it was really special to walk through that property. It had been very well maintained, and there was like an overgrown garden. There were apple trees. We were eating apples. It was great. I found them. Awesome. I was hungry, so I found them and it was great. And then they had like different berries that were growing. It was such a cool place and it just it just cried of fruitfulness. And it was such a beautiful um, image of what they wanted to do in that place was to be a start of something very fruitful for the village of Joomla and for the Christians of Joomla who are very isolated and um and really need, like, a community as y'all live in. So our gift to the um, to Ellie and Manise was this, and you can not see it too well, but it's a guitar. And we got to gift them this guitar because one of the things that we wanted to do on our team was to share what God had given us and to use the funds that he had given us to expand his kingdom, whether that was through talking, through um, sharing with people, through sharing with villages. Um, there was one family that was very, very poor, and they were giving us, like, the last um, food that they had in the house, and we got to, like, bless them with bags of groceries. And it was just, like, those tangible needs that are so important and, um, and really show, like, the hands, the feet, and the, um, the love of Christ to them. And so my next mission is France, Paris, France. It is a quite long story to tell you where I got from Nepal to France. But to make it short, it basically what happened was I, this teacher came to our school and taught on intercession. Her name was Lisbeth Espianza. She was from Mexico. And as she taught, I saw her heart for the Lord. I saw that she had a passion to share the gospel, and I saw that she had just a beautiful, um, a beautiful passion to mentor girls, to show their true identity, which is something that I have on my heart. And she had started a trafficking ministry when in her 20s. She's in her 30s now. And so I was like, wow, this is a lady after my own heart. Um, <laughs> and so... I was having like a one-on-one -on -one meeting with her, and she and I asked her, um, well, I felt Holy Spirit was asking me to ask her to become my mentor. And when I did that, then she said, yes, I would love to be your mentor. And through a series of events that were only by God and orchestrated by him, um, she has now asked me to come to Paris this fall and be her assistant as she pioneers a ministry called She Glams Her Heart, and her vision with this ministry is that um, she would share the gospel and she would be able to bring in the creatives um, around Paris, those that come to Paris for like, you know, like the fashion shows, to be a model, to find their identity, to find everything, their purpose, and she wants to draw them into the truth that like their purpose and their identity is found in the Lord and in him alone, and their value is intrinsic because he created them in his image. And this is also a passion that's deep on my heart. And so the, one of the things, um, oh yes, if you want to partner with me, then please see me after the service. So this is Lisbeth, and this is me. Um, this is the first day that we, um, or 
yeah, the first time we had a talk together. We've had several since then. But um, her ministry is called She Glams Her Heart, and her passion is to, um, is to activate their God-given dreams. So this is kind of like the way that um, she wants to work with these seminars. And the seminars are four weeks long, and the conferences are like three days long. And then she has some, and then she directs fashion shows. God's given her a passion for that. And in her fashion shows, she brings awareness to trafficking that happens. And so another thing that's deep on my heart, of course, is sex trafficking and everything that has to do with it. And so, but not only sex trafficking, but labor trafficking, um, which, if you don't know, is actually a way of, um, of coercing people to come and work for little to no money, um, basically as slaves. And it happens a lot in the fashion industry because um, women are vulnerable and people will take advantage of them. And once they have them in their custody, in their place, it's very hard for them to, like, get out. And so their, her goal with the fashion shows is to raise awareness of this happening and to show the, the, the girls that are in the fashion industry the signs of someone who is perhaps being trafficked in there as well. And so her, her vision with She Glams Her Heart, which is a very unique name, basically it means that she wants to glam or glam is beautify, bring beauty to the heart of a of a one of one girl, and then she wants her to go glam her heart, and it to be a ripple effect, and so that no matter where they are, that when they go away from the conference or go away from the seminar or from the discipleship group, then they will use their sphere of influence to share that like God wants to bring beauty into our lives too, and that there is beauty even in the brokenness that is all around us and to open their eyes to see it. And so, yes, that um, concludes my presentation, and I am very excited. This, this trip will be um, one to three months. Um, right now, it's um, kind of in the air how much she needs me in this trip, but the dream is that next year I'll be going to France twice, once in the spring and once in the fall, and so that I can once again help her with these conferences and seminars. She's going to put on one, one seminar, one conference, and one fashion show during Paris Fashion Week. And so I will be assisting with all of those as well. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoy. <laughs>